0: Welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and today we're talking with Jessica Honegger, the founder of Noonday Collection and author of the book Imperfect Courage, about her morning routine and how she's cultivated habits and discipline in the midst of growing a big business, even though it flows against her personality type. Now if this sounds like you, then you're gonna love what she shares today. If this doesn't sound like you, I think you're gonna learn so much about the people around you and how we can all build habits and self-discipline. Let's jump into our chat today with Jessica Honegger. Hey Jessica, welcome to the Hello Mornings Podcast. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to you because we kind of have something, well, we have a couple of things actually in common. Actually. This is going to sound really kind of creeperish, but we have more in common than you even realize. So, okay. first of all, you totally inspired my daughter this past, uh-huh. I think it was this past year, because she went to World Mandate, which is a conference that my church puts on here in Waco, Texas, every year. And uh-huh. you spoke at it and she came home raving about you. So oh, I love hearing that. Thank you for inspiring my 15 year old. And, um, and then also we have another good friend and I, I actually mentioned this for those of you listening. I mentioned this to Jessica a second ago. I was like, actually, I texted a friend of mine this morning to get an idea about our interview this morning. Um, so we're, we have a mutual friend, Liz Griffin. And so. Liz was like, oh, yeah, this is totally the question you need to ask Jessica. So, oh, that's awesome. She gave you the 101. I'm so glad. She did. It was like it went straight <laughs> to, oh, like, that's perfect. So you guys are getting a great interview today thanks to Liz Griffin. And just a little aside, um, for those of you listening, if you're on Instagram, totally go follow Liz. I need to have her on the podcast time. She's oh, one yes. of the most. You do. Right? You do.
1: She is living. An incredible story. And she's still right in the middle of it. She had a stroke a few months ago and is just walking through it in the most beautiful way. She adopted yes. two kids like uh, like a year and a half ago, two years ago. I mean, it's
0: yes. Yeah, she's loveless. honestly um, the t- t- toughest person that I've ever met in my entire life. Um, Just the way she's endured so many ups and downs of all kinds of stuff. So go follow her on Instagram. You'll be inspired. And she's super fun. And yeah, Liz Griffin on Instagram. Follow her. And I'm going to have her on the show sometime soon. Okay, so we're going to dive a little bit into our chat today. So here's why this is going to be a great interview, y'all. It's because Jessica and I are actually kind of the same, even though you might at first glance think that we're the total opposite, because we're going to be talking a little bit about habits and routines and stuff today, Jessica is the founder of Noonday Collection, a super successful, not-just-for-profit business that you've probably heard about, probably been to a couple of their events that a friend has put on or definitely heard about it online. And um, so you'd think, well, surely she's like type A, got everything down to a habit and routine. Is that how it is, Jessica? (laughs) No. And
1: when I was talking to you earlier, you are like, so my podcast is about good routines and habits. And I was like, my heart started pounding. I was (laughs) like, Oh my gosh, like she called the wrong person (laughs) for this. But no, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that it's all about for me, connecting it to something that intrinsically motivates me. Mm -hmm. And when something becomes a habit, it means you don't have to think about it anymore. And then you have energy to give to even more things. So that's why I love habits, because, you know, it's like brushing your teeth, like you literally like that requires no energy anymore for you to think about brushing your teeth. Whereas like, you know, when you remember when your kids are four or five, maybe they still are, it's such a pain, like you're still brushing it for them, you know, but then once they're an adult it's just it's just second nature or driving a car you know like you know exactly how to get to your kid's school or you know exactly how to drive to work it just it's second nature and because of that you know, you're able to give energy to the more important things and to the priorities. And so that's how I've been able to reframe habits because I did think that, oh, people that are highly um, high achievers have like all of these very strict habits and goals, especially. And I am actually not in that personality type, but I'm still high achieving. I think it just comes from more of an intrinsic motivational force of, um, I want to be able to enjoy more of life Mm -hmm. and to suck the marrow out of it. And I know that that comes from good, solid routines and habits that enable me to do that.
0: You know, I actually think that the angle that you're coming at it from is the healthiest angle to come at it from, because you see really why habits are so powerful and so important. It's it's there's a, there's a podcast called the lazy genius and That's kind of exactly what habits are. They're a genius way to be lazy, just like you said. You know, you can, you know, it's such a great reframe.
1: it's a a great reframe. Now that they still require a ton of effort, Mm -hmm. but of course, the joy is that once you know, like for me, exercise—it's a habit. It is a non-negotiable. But I mean, I've been at it really. I don't even know when, I mean, I have been exercising since high school, um, in my adult life. I don't know. Like, again, I, it's almost like brushing your teeth. I think I did have a bit of a, internal switch several years ago when i started like a body image healing journey of realizing that my habits some of my habits had been motivated by fear um like oh my gosh if i i I need to lose this weight or i'm not going to look good enough in my jeans to go out this weekend and then i'm just going to stay home on a friday night or whatever Mm -hmm. and then i realized you know what fear is a motivator for a little bit, but it is absolutely not sustainable. What's sustainable is love. And so being able to now with exercise, I, the motivator is I love myself so much. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a temple. I, I, belong to myself first. If I can't take care of myself, then I'm not going to have enough for others. And I want to live this others oriented life. And so that love for myself is now what, you know, I travel a ton for work. And I had someone tell me yesterday, like, you just got back from a trip. And like, I saw you on Insta stories, like spinning at your spin class, (laughs) like right away, you know, and I'm like, I know it's because it's habit. And I know what these habits ultimately lead me to be able to give more,
0: you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. that you, I think that's such a great point because I think ultimately we are, it's it's going to be a challenge one way or the other. It's either going to be a challenge in that we're, we don't have the energy to do the things that we want to do, uh, you know, down the road and we're disappointed in ourselves because we couldn't do those things or we're, you know, we're staring at our closet forever because nothing fits. So it's either going to be hard that way or it's going to be hard because we go to the spin class. So one way or the other it's going to be hard like there there's actually i think uh, two kinds of stress one is distress and that's like running from a bear and then the other is eustress which is like training for a marathon and mm. so you know do, going to the spin class is eustress it's something that you're choosing to do and that is hard but you're choosing to do it and then the staring at our closet forever is the distress it kind of feels like it falls on us and so i love kind of just the angle that you take there that Okay, if I just, well, re-reframe. yeah, and I would,
1: yes, reframe. And I was even actually, I was at spin the day after a trip, which is always more challenging because usually there's been a time zone change right. and I, it's not necessarily the first thing I'm wanting to be doing in the morning. So I'm, I'm up, i 7am class and I'm like pushing through and I'm like, God, I've been doing spin for a few months. Spin is a newer thing for me. I, I, I kind of changed up my exercise routine to stay engaged. So I'm at spin and I'm like. This is like still like I don't feel like this has gotten any easier in the last four months. Like this to me feels just as challenging as my first class. And what I realize is it's not it not just to reframe it. It's like this is hard and it's always going to be hard. It just requires effort, Mm. which I think is what you're saying. It's like when we can reframe and say this requires effort doing this mm-hmm. requires effort i think when we say oh this is just so hard this is just so hard it's almost like it's happening to us like we're yes. victims to our own lives or to a, but when we say you know what this requires effort i think it really implies we're choosing like we're choosing to do something it requires effort but obviously there's an outcome that we care about more
0: mm-hmm. that
1: ultimately is there is a reward you know for for our good habits like they're just there are um so i've been trying to reframe some of my language cuz i i can definitely be one of those it's like this is just so hard or like you know um we're in summertime but i work full time and it's crazy around here i
0: mean it's oh like, i hear you absolutely
1: Oh my god! I feel like I'm just
0: winging parenting
1: right now. You know, it's like my husband and I are like, okay, what's going on with the kids today? Like, okay, the babysitter has having an appendicitis. Okay,
0: all right, okay. Oh my goodness.
1: Replan. What are we gonna do? Um, I'm recording at my house right now, and like Joe's like, okay, kids, you're you're, here's the credit card. Go to the grocery store. We've (laughs) never done that in our entire life. We've never sent them to the grocery store with a credit card, but we're like coming up with everything right now. But anyway, I think that, you know, when we say things are hard, it kind of removes the um, it, it kind of pl- makes us a victim and saying, oh, you know so what, good. this requires effort.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So you, if you don't mind, I would love to break down how if this seems silly, but I have a point how you started going to the spin class because you say you, you kind of change your routine every now and then. And so whenever we change something, it's kind of harder to s- restart. And I think that's where a lot of people fall Stop. off the habit of exercising yes. or whatever it would be. So, so what did you do before? What made you decide to to switch to spin? Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say what I didn't switch is the time.
1: And mm-hmm. I think I think research has been shown that it's more they, they say morning exercisers are the ones that have the strongest habit and commitment to it. So I think a lot of it was, um I didn't switch the time. And the reason I switched honestly, as I rolled my foot in my former boot camp and, um, it hurt my ankle. And so my ankle got a little better, but it's, I still didn't want to pound on it. And someone's like, why don't you try spin? And I was so afraid to go to my first spin class. And I go to this spin class in downtown Austin and I am definitely the oldest in the class and everyone's wearing their cute little sports bras. And like, I'm like, Oh, what am I doing here? Um, but I, now I just, I love it. I love it. And it's, and I, you know what, what's crazy is I've been doing it a few months now, but I'm missing the strength training that I got for my boot camp So I went to a bar class yesterday and I'd never done that. And I just was like, okay, what's something else? It's at 7am because that's my magic time for exercise. And where's like, where's a near nearby bar studio. And I found one, it's like five minutes away. And so I think for me, the habit is more of like the commitment to the morning routine of it. Yeah. And then I can kind of play with whatever that might be. So even if it's like, I don't want to drive to class today, I'm going to commit to, you know, going on a run or even just walking, moving my body, getting outside. um, Those things I know are really good for my soul.
0: That's just, I mean, honestly, that's so great because that's the change is where it gets so many of us. And so I'm really curious to know when you went to that spin class for the first time, or then you, when you went to the bar class for the first time, Mm -hmm. do you just, I mean, obviously, this is what your, your book is about. So maybe (laughs) that's what motivated you, but I would be like, okay, I need a friend to be there or I need some, other thing? Did you just go? Did you have a friend meet you there? Or how do you get past that hump of, I've never done this before? Hey, I'm going to go to this class with a bunch of people who have done it before. And I'm going to be cool with it. Yeah, you
1: know, I did go scared, you know, which is the purpose of my book is teaching people how to go scared. And I think for me, I just acknowledge like I'm trying something new. And I think when you know, okay, first are always more challenging. First, Mm -hmm. always require more effort. First will always cause you to feel like an imposter or do you really have what it takes or all of those things. So now that I'm aware that, oh, what am I feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling that first feeling. I'm feeling that first feeling. Well, am I going to let that keep me from doing this? No, Uh. Uh. I'm just going to walk through the first feeling and I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And so I think that is, I'm trying to think the spin class though I was especially intimidated by um because it felt fancy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, like the people there, like there's really great people there that'll help you get hooked on your bike. And I needed help for the first probably month. Still, I needed help hooking into my bike. But I think I just acknowledged like, I'm still learning this. That's why these people are here with the little flashlights, is to help you hook in you know, like just, I just kept going. So I kept walking through, but I think calling a friend. And since then I actually have, I mean, I've had some friends meet me at spin. What I use friends for now is, oh my God, I'm so tired. There's no way I'm going to want to wake up tomorrow. Right. That's when I phone a friend because I'm like, if I have that accountability of like, oh, I'm meeting a friend for the first time and she does want to have that
0: support.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I better do this. And I try to save that for later in the week when um, I, if I've had like a really crazy week, then I'm like, okay, phone phone the friend to
0: say, meet me. In. Yes, yes. that's That's when I use my friend card. Okay, I love that. So I hope you guys listening kind of really get why we had that conversation. It wasn't just about spin. It's not just about going to bar class. It's about how to handle the the changes and maybe even embrace the changes so that you can keep going. And then on top of that, how to just take that step. And I love how you you really ultimately just faced the fear and acknowledged it and are like, okay, I'm just going to walk through the fear and I'm just going to keep doing it. And it just sort of, it's like the... Um, There's like an old English proverb that says something like, fear knocked at the door, love answered, and no one was there. And that's kind of what I feel like you're doing. I love that. You know, you're you're like, okay, there's the fear. And I love myself enough to take care of myself, so I'm going to go to the class anyway. And the fear just, you know, may still exist, but it didn't stop you anymore. But I'm not afraid to go to spin class anymore. You
1: know, it's been four months and now I'm not afraid. Yeah, it does. Because I think it's like courage is we build a muscle, you know, which Mm. I just wrote a book called Imperfect Courage, which really describes that process where, you know, I think we think, oh, my gosh, well, courage means I'm not going to feel afraid. And I'm, you know, and it's like, no, courage is being able to feel the fear, but go and do it anyway and not let it be in the driver's seat and I think that that can manifest in a spin class and it can manifest in you know starting a new school for your child it can manifest in starting a business I know with our ambassador community at noonday collection I mean this is a, a drum that we beat all the time because they have their own flexible businesses and summertime slow they take some time off maybe you experience that with your podcast there's ebbs and flows and yeah. the restart yes <laughs> getting (laughs) choosing to get back on the bike is that's the that's the choice that required requires the most effort. Mm -hmm. But again, it's perseverance, right? And I think that perseverance isn't a topic we that we talk about very much in our culture now, because it's all about the insta, the insta, the insta, we think success is insta, we think skinny is insta. We think that, you know, purpose is in step, but it's not. It's a million restarts, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to take the first step because then you're you're not going to finish what you don't start. So you have to take the first step, but then you have to take a million steps after that. And you're going to fall and stumble and you can choose to stay seated or you can choose to get back up again. And I think that it's that that perseverance, you just the learning to restart. So and I think working out has taught me that and it's been in particular, because you kind of you do it for like 20 or 30 minutes. And then they have like a time where you kind of lift weights, you know, and then your heart rate comes down. And then I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I have to like, <laughs> start like, <it>. start again, <laughs> you know, but then you do it, you start, you pick your momentum back up again. So I just think it's important just to acknowledge, you know, there's the start, And then there's the restart and the restart does require more effort, I think, than the start, at least for me, because I'm a starter. So I can just, you know, okay, good. New something new and shiny. I'm going to follow that. But restarting that thing that I've committed to that it requires a lot more effort for me. And I know it does for the women that are in our community selling our new day collection products. And I think any woman who, you know, is running a business or in some sort of business, like it's, it's playing the long game, you know, Mm -hmm. which requires learning
0: how to restart. You know, I think you really hit the nail on the head because when we start, we're kind of excited about it. It's a new thing. You know, there's, there's the fear, but there's also the anticipation because you don't know exactly know what to expect. And maybe there's some glory to go along with it. You're like, Hey, I'm, you know, starting this new thing and you tell all your friends about it. But then when something gets you off track and then you restart. That's usually the thing kind of done in secret, you know, that nobody knows maybe you fell off, you know, the exercise wagon or the your your business hasn't been doing as well, or whatever it might be that makes you restart. That's usually the, kind of the thing that we maybe hide from people or we don't announce as much. And so when we restart, a lot of times mm-hmm. we're just mm-hmm. doing that alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like the secret obstacle that nobody really talks about, and I that's think- so true.
1: That's true because people like gather around launches,
0: yeah, but not really
1: relaunches. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, boring. she's launching a book. She oh, well, like you've already been doing this, but yeah. And I think that is such the key of learning resilience mm-hmm. and courage is that restart process because it's falling down. It's mm-hmm. it's knowing like. I'm gonna fall down. You know, we say at Noonday, Noonday Collection, we believe in second tries and going scared. And it's you know, we really celebrate effort, not outcome. So, I really, you know, I I want to celebrate someone who's tried. You know, who's gotten up and called ten women to open their homes ten times over the woman that called once and and like you know had fifty people show up. You know, because yeah. I'm like, well, the effort it takes to keep restarting is going to lead to an a, a, a persevering outcome like I think that's just more sustainable
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of my favorite quotes says uh, a river cuts through rock not because of its power but because of its persistence and I we went that. to the grand canyon a couple of years ago and it's just amazing looking at it and being like this wasn't. I mean, I don't know anything about geology or whatever. But let's just assume in my head. This wasn't, you know, any sort of immediate thing, and and you, it was the the river flowing through it that eventually made this amazing, beautiful, beautiful thing. It was the the, the 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 persistence and and not the power. And the power is what's often celebrated in our culture. It's the instant yes. thing. Yes. And the persistence is kind of the secret thing. The, the it, it
1: is. Yeah.
0: It is. I
1: um I actually had someone on my podcast recently. Um. The Going Scared podcast with her, she holds the fastest time for hiking the Appalachian Trail. Ooh. And she just wrote a book called Endurance. Okay. Her that's... name's Gen- Jennifer Farr Davis. You should have her on the show. I want to hear about this. Yes. Yes. Because, hello. I mean, again, I think we do think of endurance. You, you naturally think of sports, but it, it relates to so many other things in life. But like what it takes for her to, she hiked 40 miles a day. In order to reach the you know it's a lot of I'm in pain I don't want to go on but I'm gonna choose to stand up or like oh I went the wrong way or I lost you know Mm -hmm. so I love this idea of talking about perseverance endurance playing the long game because that's not even in my personality so this is something that I've been learning I'm on the journey currently, you know, in the last few years and especially at noonday because I started off, I started it and it was very successful at at first. Like it just, it did. It had a lot of momentum. And then we hit a a harder time about four years in and I was like, what? You know, like what's this? like. And that is where I the rubber hit the road for me of like, am I gonna stick with this? Am I gonna spend my energy on how I really wanna escape it? Cause this feels too hard, which I spent a lot of energy thinking, how can I get out of this? And now I've learned when I encounter these things that are hard, I can spend time with the parachute on, look, you know, at the escape door of the airplane thinking, okay, when can I jump? Or I can just keep piloting my plane through the turbulence, knowing turbulence is just part of it. But the destination is worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, the destination of following your purpose, the destination of committing to that thing that you knew you were supposed to commit to, you know, I think that's what's so key in the restart. And I know for me with exercise, it's like, this is so worth it to me because it's honoring my body. It gives me more energy. Frankly, I would definitely be on anxiety meds if I didn't exercise. And research has shown that, you know, it's actually just as effective as anxiety meds um, if you do it regularly enough. So there's so many good outcomes with exercise, you know, and I think when you have that vision, you're able to do that restart. But if you the vision's not really there, then... You know,
0: it, it's harder to to keep restarting. Yes, absolutely. Like, what's that Bible verse? Without vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true of us. So, you actually mentioned to me earlier that you've been you've read a couple books about habits lately. I'd love to know what those are and maybe a couple. I'm notes. sure you know of them. I probably am um, a nerd. Better
1: than before by Gretchen Rubin. Yep, actually, just listened to that a bit. Yeah, she has a podcast mm-hmm. too, and then. Um, the power
0: of habit, yep I, I we just went on vacation and I listened to audiobooks, and those were the two that I listened to. so that's oh my funny.
1: gosh, I love that. I think, um yeah, i I read those on vacation. I think, like a year ago, um this summer, I committed to only fiction because I realized I can use my vacation time to still kind of strive a little bit mm-hmm. where I'm like trying to self improve, and mm-hmm. it's like just read, just learn how to chill and enjoy yourself. So I've been trying to like not read as much nonfiction this summer. Um, but yeah, I really loved better than before. Okay, two things. So from the power of habit, one of my big takeaways was this idea of a cornerstone habit. Mm -hmm. So for instance, for me, exercise naturally makes me want to eat better. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you've like taken care of yourself. And so you naturally want to like also take care of yourself and how you eat. And so I love this idea of these like cornerstone habits or these bigger habits that then create an environment for these other habits to take place. So I that was my big takeaway. And then in better than before, my big takeaway really had to do with energy conference, uh, conservation, because I'm all about mm-hmm. like, more is better. And I just want to go and suck the marrow out of life. And, um, and for, so with habits, when something becomes a habit, you, it no longer requires energy. And then you get to give energy to what really what you want to. Right. So yes. there's something like yeah. want thing. Um, yeah. What'd you, what you, what were some of the things you liked about those books?
0: Well, I'd read both of them before. Um, I'm trying to, I really enjoyed the story about Tony Dungy. So I'm a, I'm a little bit of a sports nerd. So I enjoyed the story in Power of Habit about Tony Dungy and yes. like what he did with the football teams and how he, he just that was so took good. Their, the cue that they already had, gave them a new routine. I think that's the big takeaway I took away this time is just that. Really, habit change doesn't come from some sort of massive change. It comes from recognizing what's the cue that's making me do this. So for those of you listening, there's this one uh, study, I guess, that they did um, that's mentioned in the book where this lady bit her fingernails a lot. And instead of being like, OK, you just need to stop doing that. Instead, the therapist or whatever that she worked with said, OK, what I want you to do is just carry around a piece of paper. And every time you bite your fingernails, make a check mark." And then the next week, every time she bit her fingernails, um, she realized that she just needed some sort of physical outlet. And so instead she started like tapping her fingers. And so I think she would still then maybe bite her nails or whatever. And then the next week she would make the check mark. And then when she felt the urge, she would drum her fingers. And then if she needed to, she would bite her fingernails. But then she would really think through what was the emotion that I had right before. And I don't, I don't remember what it was, but something like maybe she was bored or something like that. And so basically just it was this several weeks long process of her not necessarily changing the habit, but kind of like what you did with fear. She just like recognized, OK, this is how I'm feeling before I'm going into this. This is what I'm doing. This is the need that I have. And she realized it was a physical thing. And so I if I remember correctly, by the end of the little the little series, she was just like drumming her fingernails and then she stopped After that. And so I just like that so often we think about habit change and we're like, okay, I've got to do this big, drastic thing. When in reality, just doing small things of recognizing what I'm doing, recognizing why I'm doing it, and then making these small changes can lead to bigger change than some sort of overnight. Transformation.
1: Well, and yeah, and the example I used earlier was I had been using this term. It's so hard, and I think I'd said it a lot. Mm-hmm. And someone challenged me last week to say, start saying this requires effort. And now, and every time I hear my hear myself saying it's hard, or hear someone else saying, I'm like, sounds like that's requiring a lot of effort right now. And so I'm it's like changing our speech, I think is so important because we, you know, speak, it comes from our mind and what we believe, and then it filters down, helps us realize, well, what's really living in our souls. So I do think that we, and we can speak faith
0: mm-hmm. and
1: speak truth that that builds up our souls. Yes, absolutely. And so the habit of, of language I think is, is, it's an interesting thing that I hadn't really thought about language in the context of habit, but I think that, yeah, how are you using your words can actually, it feels like a very attainable habit to, mm-hmm. to like change your words. It almost feels easier than changing your thinking. Changing your thinking is it obviously does require a lot more effort than I think changing your words, but I think it, it has this domino
0: effect. Yeah. Yeah. It, my kids, my kids, I promise I don't always quote things. You're just. I love your
1: quotes. I like just wrote one down earlier. I'm like, this is amazing.
0: (laughs) My kids, I'm always saying to them, if they say I can't do something or this is true, I'm like, you know what Henry Ford said? And they're like, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. I'm like, that's right. So let's (laughs) think about this. So now I think I'm going to, whenever they say, Mom, this is hard, I'm like, you know what Jessica Honiger said? (laughs) (laughs) It
1: requires
0: effort. It requires effort effort. Um, okay, so let's just talk a little bit about what your morning looks like. Routine or no routine. I think something that people get tripped up on a lot, just like you did when we first started when we first chatted before we started the interview. You're like, Oh no, have it. This is not this is not me. And I think people <laughs> needed I I Candidate
1: for this interview. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think that's what so many people feel think and and i i'm really trying to to change that because not everybody needs to have this super structured morning it doesn't need to look the same every day i mean the really the whole heart of it i just you know i want my life to be about jesus and his purposes in the earth and how can i just shape my life however you know rigidly or rhythmically or randomly it is, how can I shape my life so that my life is spent doing the things that he created me to do? That's ultimately what it's all about. And so mm-hmm. I love talking to people who don't have perfectly rigid routines um, and things that they do, but more rhythms of, you know, mm-hmm. this is kind of what it looks like generally in this season. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to hear just a little bit about what your morning looks like, if there's anything yes. else. Yeah. Yes. So
1: I exercise probably three to four mornings a week. And that is wildly dependent upon my schedule. If it was up to me, I would love to do it every day. Um, And I spend time in prayer. My goal is 15 minutes of complete meditation of quiet. This is me saying um, I am in Christ and Christ is in me. And I reflect on that for 15 minutes and my prayer by the end of that fifteen minutes is that i'm I'm experiencing presence. I'm experiencing being in my body, not just like jolting out the door for the next thing or mm-hmm. thinking about all the things I have to get done that day, but I'm actually just really present, and I'm really aware that God has given me everything I need for that day, and of course, my deep desire then is to be able for that then to lead to more time of of just uh prayer and. Reflection and reading time and um, but I just want to set I set the bar Low for the daily. Yeah, like the absolute daily my bar is
0: low So so that it's attainable well in hello mornings. We talk about the three-minute morning. So you're already, you know, oh, wow wow. Happily that whatever that is. Oh
1: gosh making me feel better already (laughs) (laughs) um And so that's really important to me just to have that time to get present, um, with God and get in my body. And so breakfast, this is hilarious. And I was talking with my kids about it this week. Actually, I think I was telling them, I was like, guys, I'm doing a podcast this week and someone's asking me what I eat for breakfast. And I'm really (laughs) embarrassed by this because my husband is the breakfast maker in the family. And. By the way, kudos to my husband because he gets up at like five in the morning so he can do his morning thing and he's an introvert. And then that enables me to be able to do mine because, you know, Mm -hmm. other, I mean, I'm doing things at the time when the kids are up and all that, but my husband kind of covers all that so I can have the morning habits that are important to me. So anyway, Joe makes eggs every day, like every single day he makes eggs, he makes eggs for everybody. And I have a kid that does not like eggs. He does not like eggs. He has never really liked eggs. But every day, my husband puts those eggs on his plate, and every day, my kid is like, "I don't really want to eat the eggs." So I come along to cold eggs on a plate, and that's what I eat for breakfast. And it's it's that perhaps so is a mom. habit that could change. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I eat my son's cold eggs <laughs> that he doesn't eat that my husband proceeds to make for him every single day. Um, that is classic. But yeah, it is classic. But I eat breakfast in the morning. But honestly, my two things, and when I was in the process of acquiring a business partner for Noonday Collection, I remember saying to him, like, I need prayer and I need exercise. And those are two very important habits in my life that end up affecting a lot of other things. And I need you to be on board with those so that my morning can continue to have those two routines. And of course, sometimes that means that I'm getting up. I don't usually wake up before six, but,
0: you know, usually it it requires a at least adjustment. a six a.m. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So you've written a new book called Imperfect Courage. Can you give us just the little one liner about it and then tell us where people can get it online? I know we mentioned it a little bit during the course of the interview, but um, I just know that as we've chatted, I'm sure people have been like, I love what she had to say about fear and that you really, really lived it out. It's not just a book you wrote. It's a book that you lived out. So tell us a little bit about the book and then where people can get it online.
1: Yeah. So Imperfect Courage is really about living a life of purpose by leaving comfort and going scared. And the backdrop of that story is this business I started that works with artisans all over the world and social entrepreneurs here in America. But I really take the reader on this journey of her inner reckoning, understanding the thoughts that are holding her back. And then the second part of the book is really about going it together and finding people to do it with. And the third part really touches on some of the. Stuff stuff. we've just talked about is how are we going to be in this for the long haul um, and having these important habits in our lives so that we can persevere to continue in our purpose purpose and build a flourishing world and it's available at amazon and at target and it's beautiful and i'm so excited about it and i know it will impact your life we've heard back from so many people already so it's really fun
0: I'm just I'm so thankful that you got to be on the podcast today. And I love how our conversation just really walked through exactly everything you said that the book is about. And so it gives people the opportunity to be like, OK, she totally lived this out. Now I can go get this book and I can live it out, too. So thank you for taking the time to be with us today, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. What a blast. All right. Well, you have a good day and say hi to Liz for me next time. you I see her. will. I will. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Jessica, and if you need more resources for your morning, be sure to check out the Hello Mornings book. You can download the first chapter for free at hellomornings.org forward slash book. And if you want the links to anything we mentioned in the show today, be sure to check out the show notes for this episode over at hellomornings.org. You can find the link to today's show right there on the homepage. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I am so glad that you joined us today. And I'll see you next time on the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com.